This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Abominable. It's larger than life. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello, I'm back! Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, then jump back into other movie topics. This is episode 379. 379. It's a good episode for uh, this episode. It is a good episode for this episode. <laughs> this <laughs> Very week meta. Yeah. This week we're talking DreamWorks' Abominable. A movie more fun to say than it is to spell. And joining us this week to talk Abominable, we have, from Endor Express, he's the missing link of a small foot. It's David, yeah? Hello, hello. How are you doing today, David? I'm doing abominably. <laughs> You've already won the game. Great, great. <laughs> oh, glad to have you here. Happy belated birthday, by the way. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, is it, uh, it's been a, we had you on in, for Dumbo last time we had you. One, I think we, like Toy Story was the plan. You couldn't make it that week for whatever reason. What did you call me? <laughs> <laughs> I called you. Sorry, sorry. I, I apologize <laughs> for my co-host Aaron. We're, we're, we want to have you on again, Mister Yeah. <laughs> Mister Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, no, it's been a while, but uh, happy to be here for sure. And uh, yeah, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. But let's get to some show notes real quick. First up. Uh, new commentary track is out now. Last week, Rambo Last Blood came out, and so we did a commentary track for First Blood this month, which was a, a good a good discussion for sure. A lot of good stuff on that track. That's on iTunes now. And we'll have another track coming in October, which, speaking of which, October is right around, the, literally, like, when this podcast releases, you'll be like, whoa, October's right there. It's October, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so get ready. One of our favorite months. Yes, because we're going to have a lot of bonus horror content as we do for the last several Octobers. We're going to have a series of bonus episodes all related to the horror genre in various ways, including a new commentary track. Uh, we're coming up with all of our plans as we speak, but it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot, of, a lot of cool stuff on the way, so get prepared yeah. for that. And um, what else? iTunes reviews and ratings. Good to get those. Helps out our show. Helps other people find our show. If you want to log on to iTunes, search for it now, there, and Abe. You can do just that. You can give us a rating and review. Or if you just want to, you know, just write anything you want on there. It doesn't have to be a review. Just give us five stars and uh, post whatever. Your favorite joke. Exactly. <laughs> Your favorite joke. <laughs> yeah. Just give me like, a knock-knock so, joke. Wait, do they, write really the, hard. do they write, like, just, like, the setup and then, like, the punchline? Or They're going to have to do a whole bunch of dots, you know, a whole bunch of periods for, uh-huh. like, 20 rows. And then the punchline will be there. It's like, ah, got a guy. Well, your move, listeners. Uh, <laughs> Don't all do right. that. And last thing, Lashana Tova. For all the Jewish listeners out there, it's a happy new year. Lashana uh, Tova. All right. Let's uh, let's move on. Now. Let's get to some know everybody. Read to you. ask each other a question or two. Try to, set the tone, try to set the tone for the podcast. Better get to know no, everybody. That was good. Wasn't bad. I had a big wind up on that one. It was good. It was good. I saw the pitch coming from a mile away. There you go. <laughs> and that's why I'm not going to the World Series this year. You got the sports right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of you. That's why I'm not going to the NCAA championship. <laughs> you ruined it. <laughs> Abe, you want to start this one off? Question for you. There's a, uh, a fake soda brand in here uh, in this movie. And I was just curious if you guys have any sort of fake soda or fake brands of your own that you like. Fake soda brands? No, just any fake brands. Well, you like said apple soda. cigarettes. Well, well, apple cigarettes is a. There's a lot of, yeah. Like I think like Lucky Strike is like in the Kevin Smith's universe as well when it comes to 
or no, it's nails, nails cigarettes. That's the yeah. It's like the, I think Lucky Strike is a real cigarette. Now they're pronouncing cigarettes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it wrong. Wait, 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 Abe, you. Abe, do you remember which what the soda was called? It's I called know. sugar soda. Sugar. Dude, yeah, yeah, sugar, sugar soda. Yeah. 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 And I was like, that's that's funny. Mentioning sugar though, what I was gonna get to is the, the thing I can remember very well because the the theme was very catchy and I haven't watched the show in forever, but it's from Chippendale Rescue Rangers. <laughs> and it's the the uh Cuckoo Cola. Cuckoo Cola, exactly. Oh, because yes. like it's like it's 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 an episode where they're like a they're they're investigating a cult that all worships yeah. this soda brand. If I'm yeah. not, if I'm not mistaken, it's a very <laughs> heavy wasn't, episode. Wasn't that the uh, the nighttime was the right time? Yeah, some yeah, that sounds right. Time. I think you meant yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yes. Cuckoo Cola immediately came to mind when she said that. <laughs> okay. I, I immediately think of all the the ones in the Fox animation series, like Schlurm on Futurama, there you go. Yeah, or Slurm. <laughs> Duff Beer, mm-hmm. uh, what the Pawtucket Patriot, for in Family Guy. Yeah. What else, man? I there's the a Duff, whole bunch of those kind. Yeah, of the Duff Beer one always kills me. It's like mm-hmm. Duff Light. <laughs> it's all from the same. It's all from the same source. Is it a uh, Mr. Swirly in in Doug? I believe is the ice cream like that's the that's the place that they hang out, right? I I think he like well, there's a Mister there's a Mister Swirly, <laughs> and there's like an ice cream brand that's like Swirlies or something like that, and they hang out at somewhere that probably has Swirlies ice. Like that's probably what they have there. But I mean, I know like he has like a big factory in the town of Doug that exists. I believe you. But it, now the newest uh, in fake names is uh, with the opening of Galaxy's Edge. You have Oga's Cantina. That serves all these drinks and beers with their their kind of fake names, but it's kind of like I don't think they would really name these if it was a real beer. Like okay. you wouldn't name a beer T sixteen Skyhopper. It's a little too. Um, it's not that creative. It's, very, it's like hey, yeah, Luke's cheap vehicle on Tatooine. Let's make that a beer. <laughs> I don't think that would be a, a thing. I would. I can imagine a Carillion Corvette maybe. But T sixteen Skyhopper? No, I don't think so. That's the uh, the Keystone Light of beers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just water. <laughs> I have a question for you guys. Yes, are you more a Yeti person or a Bigfoot person? It's a great question. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> well, it, it sounds racist. <laughs> wow. It's more of a regional it's, thing. If well, I yeah, know. I was like, it sounds regionalist. <laughs> That's a, that's a tough question because I think I grew up with Bigfoot. I never was a huge fan of him, so I guess therefore I'm a Yeti. What did guy? Bigfoot do to you? Nothing really. I was just more a fan of like the Loch Ness monster and other area or water area creatures. Oh, so you're specious. Did you say Loch Ness? Loch Ness? Did I say Loch Ness? Nope. Might have been might have been a slur. From, we'll play from... it back on the tape and I'll double yeah. it and slow it down. <laughs> the Loch Ness monster. I'll go with the Yeti. More yeah, Yeti guy. it just seems ahead. it seems less muddy. <laughs> <laughs> seems a little bit, uh, you know, more. Uh, we'll get to it in the in the review, but it seems a little bit more magical. Perhaps magical, but I feel like, regardless of a couple examples that will come up in this show, surely including this movie, it seems like the Bigfoot tends to be on the on the lighter side of things. Tend to be a little bit happier. Are you talking about like a goofy movie style? Goofy movie, Harry and the Hendersons, of course. Minus all like yeah, B movie horror movie adaptations, though, right? 
I mean, how many Bigfoot movies can you well, think of offhand? I don't know. I exactly. Was doing games. That's my question. <laughs> no, I was doing games last night, and I looked up Bigfoot on the IMDb. It's like, there's a lot of Bigfoot horror movies. There's a lot of, yeah, but they're like mostly DTV. That's not the theme of the game streak, by the way. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, I was about to study. Really quick <laughs> Name all, all the podcast. Bigfoot movies. <laughs> Bone Cruncher. <laughs> all right. Well, that's how you play. Everybody. Nobody. All right, let's move on to the quickies. Each week out now, we have a movie with the quickies. Right, Mark. We have to play the tape back because I'm not sure if you slurred there. I, I had it. I kind of cold. <laughs> uh, Abe, have you seen any other movies recently? Lots to catch up on. Lots to catch up on. First things first, I do want to apologize. I think I was a little harsh on the Goldfinch. I, I shouldn't have said... <laughs> you apologizing to the Goldfinch? No, I just, I just want to say, I, I think that it might have been a little harsh to say you shouldn't see this movie. Because I haven't seen Rambo yet, but I've heard hear tell that Rambo is an awful movie, and you probably shouldn't see that. So, therefore, I'm going to change my Goldfinch uh, review to just uh, just like a, a television HBO thing. So, it's not a don't ever see it kind of thing. Because it's, it's, it's good filmmaking. You're, you're making it sound like we have bosses and someone came and talked to you no, or something. No, no, no. Because <laughs> I, I was like, wow, I was really hard on this. I've been thinking about it for two weeks here, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I actually just... edited out some stuff because you were very you? harsh on the movie. Yes. How dare you? <laughs> um, and then uh, I, I did see Ad Astra. Uh, I kind of agree with like a lot of you guys last week. Um, I like the world that they are in. I like that it is what it is. There's nobody there that's you know telling you plot points about why they colonized the moon, how they colonized the moon, how they colonized Mars, etc. I do like Brad Pitt's line about, um, you know, if my dad could see what, what we did to the moon, he'd uh, he'd blow it all up kind of thing, where uh, it's just pretty funny how we basically have commercialized a lot of stuff. I do want to say that um, it's a very interesting, I guess, topic about um, fathers and sons and the myths that we create in our minds of the people that we grew up with. And then as we get older, it, it becomes apparent that, there are flaws and deficiencies just like anybody else. So that is interesting. However, linearly, the story is just very meh. Um, it's kind of unfortunate because it's just from A to B. You just you just really he's trying to stop this thing and he succeeds, I guess. But the acting is good. I wish that there was a little bit more of Tommy Lee Jones. It's very um, I guess it, he kind of comes out willingly in terms of like a surrender kind of thing. So. With that being said, it's good filmmaking, not the best, um, and yeah, I guess that would be it. Uh, I did see, I don't know if you guys have seen this movie, uh, it was on HBO, um, I don't know, it's called Working Girl, and uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of joking there, it's, it's like a super old like 80s <laughs> movie, but I haven't, I had not seen it before, I watched it two weeks ago, pretty stellar cast. And Melody Her, Griffin, Harrison Ford, Sigourney Weaver, yeah, Sigourney Weaver, yeah, uh, friggin' uh, John Cusack, an Oscar nominated performance, <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a lot of other people too. Like I'm forgetting, like all the all the small side characters, but super solid cast. Uh, Melanie Griffith is really good in that movie. I, I kind of definitely empathize with her quite a bit. Alec Baldwin was a weird jerk in that, but you know, when is he not? Great voice though. And then I also watched Beverly Hills Cop because I was listening to a podcast and I was like, this is a good movie. Uh, and then lastly, I watched Between Two Ferns, the movie. I think if you're a fan of the series, you'll like it. And I think if you're a fan of like Scott Ackerman and, and those dudes, you'll you'll get it. And Zach Galvanakis, like, obviously. Zach Galvanakis, for sure. I mean, he definitely has like a, a sense of humor that 
isn't appealing to everybody. But what I like about it is that there weren't like cheap jokes. Like there are jokes that you expect there to be, but a cheap joke would be like, you know, there's a scene where they're on a boat or I guess he and he and uh, what's that woman's name? Um, she's yeah. from Lauren Lapkus. Lauren Lapkus. They're, they're on a, like a duck boat kind of talking about something and he's fishing. A cheap joke would be like he he hooks her with like the hook and she gets like, you know, a hook in her mouth kind of thing. That never really happens. She does pull a sandwich out of her bag, but that's that's just weird and non sequitur. So Between Two Ferns, the movie, I enjoyed it. Uh, I had a lot of good laughs and a lot of great cameos. Um, the, the outtakes are super hilarious as well. There's a joke that Adam Scott makes. Uh, no, not uh, Paul Rudd makes in the outtakes that I was just like, this is this is a great joke. It's weird how good the outtake. Not weird, but like it. You know, I don't want to like promote a movie based on the outtakes, but I do think the sure. movie itself is very funny as well. But the out like just capping it off with the outtakes is a good touch, just because of how like specific the humor is and how mean it's trying to be so you get like how you can see how ridiculous the all the actors really see it is which i think yeah. really helps in the whole thing totally yeah all right good recap good recap yeah david have you seen any other movies this week no anything recently you want to make note of <laughs> sorry for taking all the time david <laughs> just abominable i'm i'm really behind on everything so no Fair enough. let's see i've seen a few things uh, first up, I'll mention The Day Shall Come. Uh, this is a new film from Christopher Morris, who back in 2010 made Four Lions, a very funny black comedy um, with Riz Ahmed, among other people. Um, it was about a, a group of British Muslims who wanted to, who aspired to become suicide bombers. It's right. a satire. It's, yes. it's a very funny film, and it took like ten, almost 10 years for Christopher Morris to follow that up with this movie, uh, which is also very good. Morris comes from the same kind of group as Armando Iannucci, and uh, Jesse Armstrong, who all like they were like Veep and In the Loop and things like that. Jesse Armstrong's currently writing for Succession, and he just won an Emmy, I believe, for that show. But yeah, it's that kind of comedy. And um, this movie involves it's set in Miami, and it features a oh a, a guy who seems like he like he promotes things on Facebook Live, proclaim like that seem like extremist type views, but really it's just kind of wanting to stop gentrification. Um, he has. A following, but it's very small. But the FBI taps into this anyway. And so you have uh, Anna Kendrick and Dennis O'Hare, among others, basically trying to bring this guy... They're basically trying to fund this guy's mission so they can catch him in the act. And it's a neat commentary on Homeland Security and how we're choosing to... How America is choosing to kind of operate on people perceived as threats compared to actual threats it's uh, quite funny it's not quite as funny as four lines which i think is hilarious and one of the best uh, comedies of this decade mm-hmm. um but it, it's still I, i've been looking forward to seeing what he would you know follow that film up with so this one is it's worth a watch for sure it's a uh, it's an ifc film it's like i think it's coming on vod pretty soon but i liked it quite a bit the day shall come Cool, yeah. Uh, that trailer looks hilarious. Yeah, it's got a lot of... I mean, there's a lot of... I mean, besides the premise that I said, there's a lot of just, like, a mix of slapstick humor along with the kind of more politically bent satir- satirical stuff, so it, it, <laughs> it has a good balance for sure. <laughs> a number of movies I've seen that are coming out in upcoming weeks. I'm not sure we're going to have full episodes for, so I'll just say The Report is coming out. It's very good. It stars Adam Driver and Annette Menning, among others. Mm-hmm. Um Jojo Rabbit will probably do a bigger show for us. I won't say too much about that, except I had trouble hearing things because people were laughing so hard in the audience. I'll just leave it there. So it's the opposite thing of A Quiet Place. Got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Lucy in the Sky comes out next week, and I can talk a little bit more about it then, but I'll just say it has a lot of ideas, and I wish they worked better. Got um, it. 
And Anna and I, we just saw The Aeronauts yesterday with uh, Felicity Jones and Eddie Redmayne um, about two scientists that are essentially trying to go up very high in a balloon for science. And uh, this is a very exciting movie. I don't think it comes out till like, December, but from a filmmaking standpoint, it's very impressive. It's got some weaker elements, but I still think overall, seeing it on a big... It was supposed to get an IMAX release, but that was canceled. But I can see why, because the movie is quite impressive on a, from a visual standpoint. So, hmm. Yeah. Cool. All right. That's enough quickies. Jim. Let's move on now. Let's get to our uh, trailer talk, where we talk about some of the newest movie trailers of the week, when they're coming out, what we think of them, and what have you. And guys... Because David's here with us, <laughs> and we like talking about him, about animation with him. First of all, things. we like talking to David with an, about animation movies because he knows, like, his internal mind catalog of these types of movies is national library layers deep. <laughs> I don't sure. know. You uh, don't know me. No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, like, half the things that you know about these movies. <laughs> well, because David's here. There are a number of animated films coming along, so we figured, why not just do a showcase of some of these animated trailers? Because there's a lot going on here. And uh, let's start that with the easy. Fair. Let's start with the easy one. Let's start with Frozen Two. We've already talked about the teaser right. beforehand, um, but there's a, there was a new trailer this week that kind of got more into what the story actually is. I don't want to spend too time on Frozen because we'll have plenty to talk about when Frozen actually comes out at this point. But uh, David, what any thoughts on Frozen Two? That's I know you're not the biggest fan of the first I'm... Frozen. I, you know, it's, it's funny because I do like the characters in, in Frozen, but I didn't think the movie had lived up to the potential of the box office. Mm-hmm. So, or or just my own storytelling levels of what I need a movie to be. But Frozen 2, it looks like they're skewing for a slightly older audience. It's kind of, a, it's very interesting. They're, they're kind of saying, oh, the, the first people who saw this were in preschool, and now they're in first grade or second grade or whatever and then <laughs> let, let's give them something a little bit more grown up because the characters in the movie are growing up which is interesting and I, I like that And but I am curious that they're not kind of admitting that it's a musical <laughs> yet I mean we all know it's a musical there's a lot of songs I mean but... to be fair the first one didn't admit that it was a musical till like wait like I didn't know it was a musical until I saw it <laughs> oh well it's it's funny because it's it's that popular because it was a musical mm-hmm. and, and so like you you kind of if you told everyone hey the same songwriters are back and there's tons more songs and i think that would get you know because the first movie they were kind of scared of going full in all in on a musical like sure guess. right and but now that they've you know let it go has been the biggest song or maybe they're trying to counter the backlash of people being sick of it i don't know i think it, if anything i mean like you're saying well for one thing the first frozen you know it's it was it's one of the biggest highest it's one of the highest grossing like animated films ever and mm-hmm. i think people going into this movie have a feeling of what they're going to expect in terms of what kind of movie it is i think it'd be weird if people were like i i i hope there are no songs in this sequel to one of the biggest musicals ever <laughs> like I, I think they kind of know that they're going to be songs in it mm-hmm I get what you're saying, though, as far as, yeah, the movie isn't highlighting that aspect. I think it's going right. more for the tone, which is an interesting play. I, I don't right. I don't disagree. But but you you speak to what's true. It's like, yeah, the people that saw the first Frozen have grown up a bit. So they're going to see mm-hmm. a movie that also grew up a bit. I, and I I like that. I, I'm curious. I mean, I like Frozen quite a bit. So I'm, I'm curious to see what this second one does, how it expands the world, which it seems to be doing with mm-hmm. different powers and, what, and different mm-hmm. kinds of things. So. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it for sure. I, I, and I'll be curious just, yeah, how how much the song, how much song incorporation there is this time around. 
I'm, I could all, all say this right now. It has too many trolls already. <laughs> <laughs> I like how it's you, in mean, the you mean the one idea that they forgot about in the first one? <laughs> yeah. Abe, any, any expanded thoughts on this? I watched the uh, the trailer with no sound on because I'm trying not to go beyond watching the teaser. But um, I, I definitely see what you guys are saying with the plot elements and it being older, more mature. Um, I do like that there's visually some uh, some cool stuff that they do underwater in this second tra- or in this full official trailer. Sure. But yeah, I mean, you know, David, you had mentioned that the characters are getting older, and I do appreciate that in, in animated movies. I think we've seen that more in DreamWorks than we have in, in Disney Pixar. Um, although with Andy, you can make the case, but he's not the central focus of the Toy Story movies. Um, <laughs> right. But something like um, How to Train Your Dragon, where, yeah, that was an amazing turn. I think Aaron and I talked about it quite a bit when that movie came out, the second one came out, and we're like, oh, I like that he's grown facial hair he's older and you know i think that's the way that the story goes in the books which all the kids that watched the tv series and saw them grow up already knew so we're just like oh we're adults and we don't like (laughs) we're we're in the shadows on that one but with all all the kids have facial hair too (laughs) all all those kids in first and second grade yeah they have mustaches but i'm excited to see where this one goes uh and how it's gonna pan out because are they are they going for a a three-peat here or are they just gonna is there any mumblings of a three-peat, David? You mean like a third film? Yeah. Like I mean, a... there's only... This is like, what, the fourth or fifth Disney sequel ever? <laughs> so, as far as like a, 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 a main theatrical release. So, like, it'd be unprecedented <laughs> to have a third Disney release. <laughs> okay. If they have a, uh, ideas for a third, they haven't said anything. Yeah, because they want to focus on this one. Like, this, yeah. you know. Yeah, I would, I would doubt, I would doubt that this film's designed to set up a, another film. I think that Disney tends to focus pretty hard on, you know, the film that they're working it, on. Aaron, this is the, their biggest movie. I don't deny that there's pot, there's, you know, the Disney as a company is like, well, this is gonna hit, so we're gonna probably make a third one. But I, I don't think like the people making this movie are like, we gotta definitely like, you know, put shift our minds to a third movie fall before this second movie even comes out. Yeah. Okay, fair. Regard, we got so many things to cover. Frozen Two comes out Thanksgiving, uh, uh, November twenty second. So, uh, you know, there you go. Yeah. Next film we're covering here: Spies in Disguise, or <laughs> Spies in Disguise, as they say. <laughs> okay. This film features, among others, Will Smith, Tom Holland, Rashida Jones, Ben Mendelsohn, Reba McIntyre, Rachel Brosnahan, Karen Gillan, Mazioke, and DJ Khaled. Another one. Another one, exactly. <laughs> um, we didn't talk about the... I mean, we kind of talked about it in passing uh, yeah. in other episodes, but there's like a new trailer that came out this week, which once again also emphasizes a story. And I'll just say, that first trailer has like the best twist in any trailer I've seen in a very 100%. long time. 100%. So, like, that already had me. Like, I don't really care what, the, what goes on in this movie, but just the fact that like it takes you to a certain place and you're like, I don't know what's going to happen from here. And it's like... Well, that's not something I saw coming. <laughs> I'm just, I, I am all aboard for whatever this is going to be. But it, from what it said, what I see in the trailers, it just looks like a fun spy adventure that happens to involve like zany antics of a pigeon. Like, that's neat. I'm into that. I like Will Smith. Sure. <laughs> where, where are you at? Hey, where are you at with this? I, I'm, I'm on board with this too. I, I'm curious how they're going to figure out the anti-pigeon material stuff. I'm not sure how that's going to work out, but exactly what you're saying there there's just uh 
the whole entire plot element of him turning into a pigeon is something I was not expecting. Definitely laughed out loud. And I still enjoyed that 360 view of they do it again in this full trailer. Mm-hmm. I definitely still enjoyed that. I was like, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty clever. So we'll see. David, where are you with spies in disguise? I am not on board. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. It just looks like a typical uh, other other animation studio movie. I don't, yeah, I don't, I, you know, you know what I'm talking about. It's well, what just, do you what uh, do you mean when you say typical? Because that's where like I can see as far as like, oh, you cast a bunch of famous people in a movie, sure, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it does have an agent turning into a pigeon, which I don't think is very typical. <laughs> I do have, I do, I do give. Um, is it this is Blue it's Sky? Blue, it's right? a Blue Sky film, yes. They. They've typically surprised me, so I'm not. I am. I'm willing to give them like a good movie review when I see it, and it's and it's good. <laughs> but from just the trailer alone, I'm not totally 100% sold. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I'll agree with you that the animation style isn't my favorite, but I, I I see what you're saying with the plot. It's more on the like illumination side of things, as far as like zany as opposed to going for I don't know, polished. yeah, something more. But yeah, at the same time, I don't mind. I don't mind the I don't mind going like full Looney Tunes on something. Like that doesn't necessarily bother me. But uh what's Blue Sky's lat? Ferdinand. I liked Ferdinand quite a bit. I had fun with Ferdinand. John Cena? John Cena. <laughs> I think those those other movies had a look that looked appealing too. I don't know about this one. Visually. It's like it's it's weird with me with the uh, with animation and CG. It just some styles just don't work for me. Yeah. I, I definitely know what you're talking about there because I have my own tastes and my own preferences too. I'm not a huge fan of this one where it's like more rounded, a little bit more like I don't know, the portion the proportions seem okay, but at the same time the, some parts of it are, are strangely like out of proportion. So uh I, I'm not sure how I feel yeah, about like- it too. If you want to talk purely about animation, yes, like this is not like the, in terms of like visual style, that's not the reason I'm excited for Spies in Disguise. I'm excited mm-hmm. for Spies in Disguise because Will Smith turns, he turns into a pigeon. Into... <laughs> like, that's, yeah. no, I get that's, that's an easy log line for me to get behind. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> well, Spies and that is... is why you're not a, or maybe you should be a, a movie mogul exec. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> it, it doesn't take much to get me excited when you're like Will Smith. He turns into a pigeon. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. <laughs> but do we have Will Smith? We will. <laughs> we will, yeah. <laughs> uh, Spies of the Skies opens Christmas Day, uh, December 25th. Take that, Star Wars. Um, let's uh, move to the next one, uh, which they're both Disney, so it doesn't matter. Uh, Spies of the Skies is Star Wars. But, um, next we have, oh yeah, here we go. Ren Dog himself, Arctic Dog, starring Jeremy Renner, Alec Baldwin, Heidi Klum, John Cleese, Angelica Houston, James Franco, Omar Sy, and Michael Madsen. I saw this trailer with Anna when we watched Abominable, and it just like the, hearing that cast name, it felt like there was a bunch of die that had like random names put on them. They shook that die, they shook that like boggle like container, emptied it out, and that was like the collection of eight names that dropped. Because there's like this combination of people is so ridiculous to me. And on top of that, I have no idea what this movie's about except that it involves dogs and they're in the Arctic. It's about believing yourself, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have much to say beyond that. I, I mean, Jeremy Renner's here, and obviously, he doesn't sign on to nothing. Like he's 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 here to stay. He's you know, and from what it sounds like, he's on the soundtrack, which I hope. I hope everyone does. I hope mm-hmm. everyone hears that. But David, where are you with Arctic Ducks? 
After seeing this trailer, I'm on board with Spies on the Sky. <laughs> <laughs> this looks terrible. <laughs> this looks so bad. I don't know. Uh, it, it's 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 hilarious because you see the the sheer number of talent that they got for this, and you just have to wonder what they're telling these these people, um, like to sign on to this. And it was like, wait, this is going to be so good. <laughs> and, well, like, you, and... you, you know how, like, the Miyazaki films, when they have the dub tracks, you have some actors that are like, hey, I'm really going to commit to this and make it what it can be. And others are, you know, Billy Bob Thornton and Princess Mononoke. Like, that, that's, that's what, the, that seems like everybody's the latter, where they're like, I guess we're, we're here and we'll just record these lines. Yeah. <laughs> record these lines, we're going to get paid. And yeah. And it, they didn't tell him that it's gonna look like this. It yeah. looks like um, like the icy the movie. I'm sure they showed him like a drawing in still, and they're like, oh, okay. and they're like, wow, I'm this a, is really I'm good pencil and paperwork. Does it help if I say that the other title for this movie outside of America is Arctic Justice: Coal and Thunder Squad? That actually sounds <laughs> much better. That the animation doesn't fit with that title though. Oh, you don't I see guess... Arctic Justice: Thunder Squad as the Wait, as is crew? that is that for real? Yes, it is. Wow. Because... I just want to say that, you know, as this trailer was going, I didn't know who any of the voices were, because we discussed this, but I couldn't pinpoint Jeremy Renner right away. And then I saw the polar bear, or whatever he is, and I was like, I think that sounds like Alec Baldwin. This, Why does this movie have Alec Baldwin in it? And then as they're naming the cast, like what you did, Aaron, I was like, why? This is a huge movie with all these names here. This animation style is like for, for Fire and Rescue, that whole entire car is Fire and Rescue type <laughs> animation. And I was like, what the f- this is weird. And, so, and trailers only do that with the whole, like, we're going to list every single name because they know it, it's terrible. Uh-oh. Let me let me just throw out here that the movie <laughs> is called Arctic Dogs, yet Jeremy Renner plays a fox, Alec Baldwin plays a polar bear, Heidi Klum is a fox, <laughs> John Cleese is a walrus, Angelica Houston's a reindeer, James Franco's an albatross, Omar Sy is an otter, then you get to Ma- uh, Michael Madsen and Laurie Holden, they're huskies. So there's two dogs so far that I've named in this movie called Arctic Dogs. What we're not seeing right now and what they're going to do is a special cameo by Cuba Gooding Jr. for Snow Dogs. In live action. Yes, yeah. Anyway, good uh, good discussion here. Sounds like uh, this is going to be a hit. Well, Arctic Dogs opens November 1st. <laughs> uh, so, you know, be there. Or be <laughs> square. Mm-hmm. I would prefer an Icy the movie. That'd be hilarious how he gets like the different flavors. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like the first, it's the second movie produced by Coke after Mac and Me. <laughs> it could be like how this bear came up with Icy, and he tried to sell it, and he was a failure, and he kept trying, and yeah. finally he made it the coldest drink in town. Well, the other thing I can think about, and this is part two, <laughs> David, is uh, you know he's got the cherry, and he's got the he's got the blue raspberry, and then he's got to go on the search because people aren't buying anymore; they're buying Slurpees. So he's got to go figure out how we were gonna go find out how he got like the yellow orange fl- or. That yellow-green flavor. <laughs> I don't know what flavor that's called. Well, you know, the whole thing is about convincing people that teal is a color you can eat. <laughs> I'll just point out, by the way, that yes. in, adi- in addition to these movies, I saw Anna and I saw trailers for Playmobil, the movie, which was supposed to come out in August, but it got pushed, and I think it comes out like in October, maybe. It stars Daniel Radcliffe, among others. That was the first thing that they brought up as far as, like, the billing. They're like, Daniel Radcliffe is, and he plays, like, a spy. It looks like a big Lego movie ripoff. Like, that's the whole Does he turn into a thing. pigeon, though? No, and so obviously I'm not into it. But the budget is $75 million. I'm like, who's going to pay to see this movie? Holy cow. 
You're a Playmobil, Harry. And of course, the other trailer <laughs> I saw was for Trolls World Tour. Yep. Um, you know, I'm not gonna lie. In like, I saw that trailer too, and I know we're not really talking about it, but in a Dolby theater, the sound, the mu- the music was really good. I mean, that is the emphasis of. The, I mean, unlike Frozen Two, Trolls World Tour makes sure that you know it's about music. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it but just like the sound this. quality, I was like, yeah, I could, I dig this. I'm just gonna watch this in a Dolby theater just to get this experience. I hope you enjoy that 23. No, it's not said. gonna be great. <laughs> yeah, not gonna be great. Um, but yeah, so there, there you go. There's a bunch of animated movies. Let's um. Let's move on now. Let's get to our main review for Abominable. I just want to escape. Dad always wanted me to travel the world. Someday. (gasps) (gasps) There's a Yeti on my roof. Hey, boy. Or girl. Yeah, you're definitely a boy. I don't know where you came from. Hooray! He escaped. I want my Yeti back! Is that your home? No way. Alright, that should have been some of the trailer for Abominable. This movie competes completes the Hollywood Yeti trilogy that began a year ago with Smallfoot, continued through April with the hilarious Missing Link, and has brought us to the real endgame, thanks to DreamWorks. There was also that Sam Elliott movie, The Man Who Killed Hitler and then Bigfoot, but that wasn't animated. <laughs> this latest film comes from writer-director Jill Colton. It focuses on Yi, a teenage girl, grieving the death of her father, who encounters a Yeti on the roof of her apartment in Shanghai. Soon enough, she and her friends are on adventure with the Yeti, they name Everest, to reunite with the yeti family he has back on mount everest they'll have to stay ahead of some other wealthy researchers as well but fortunately everest has magical powers of his own to help david where have you been with the the recent yeti features and what'd you think of this movie i i haven't been faithfully watching all the animated movies like i usually have been so i have missed little foot and i missed small small foot oh Oh, Smallfoot. Littlefoot's the dinosaur. Littlefoot's from The Land Before Time. Such an an idiot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Smallfoot is the Channing Tatum epic uh, from last September. Right. And Missing Link is the movie that the critics called hilarious from April. From like, I did want to see that one. So I mean, the critics called it hilarious. It's a good one. But I think you know, like, I feel like there was something when when Universal got rid of Leica. It was there was something that the marketing just wasn't as big. Oh, I agree. (laughs) <laughs> you can tell from anyway, the box so, office returns, yes. <laughs> so uh, I completely missed <laughs> that one, and but uh, and so I but I watched Abominable, and I do you want me to give my full take or is this yeah. just a, yeah yeah yeah? Um, I really liked it. I really I was I was surprised because after seeing the trailer, I didn't think it was good. I didn't think it looked like a good movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know why there's there's parts of it in the trailer where you're just kind of seeing like this glow in the glowing violin playing in the in in, in nature and like this is this is weird uh, you you know I, I need more explanation or context before I get to that kind of visual mm-hmm. and I feel like it's probably better to save that for the movie anyway so there's there's things in the trailer that just really kind of turned me off from. Uh, from just uh, making it appealing to watch or something like that. But the movie itself, I thought it was really genuine. It was very sweet. I, I was expecting a lot of um, things that would make me cringe in it as far as, uh, you know, because it is in China and in there there are all the 
the characters are Chinese, but they're treated as American, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. And so I was expecting some a little bit something more cringy, you know. But it was actually very, you know, the characters are really, really well rounded, and I, I I really thought it was good. There's a few things where you kind of just like, oh, there's there is magic in this movie, and they just kind of use that to their advantage, which is kind of a cheat. But I will kind of forgive it because the the actual goal of the emotion is is there. So mm-hmm. I, I really liked it. I was surprised. Abe, where are you at with Abominable? What'd you call it? Abominable. Okay. <laughs> I, I heard ab- Abominable, but uh, the movie itself is its weird because I didn't see the trailers for this uh, at all, and I think that, that sort of helped out with my uh, unfolding of the movie. Um, I think that the first part of the movie, I think up until they get to their, their whole entire leaving Shanghai... Um, is it Shanghai or Beijing? They're in Shanghai. They're they, in Shanghai. They claim to go to Beijing to right to, to go to university. Yeah. 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 Um, but when they when they're leaving, or up to the part where they they're leaving, I felt as though I was like, "Wow, this is a really strangely frenetic pace," and I, I don't really get any of the plot points right here, and I'm not really feeling this um, division between their family, and you know, I, I don't know what's going on here with like their their father per se, and then everything's sort of really hastily explained. Um, a lot of stuff is as actually. Um, kind of just like missing and then you get to the point where they get to uh the outdoors and it starts to come together more cohesively um i will say that the the i probably like the third act is probably the strongest act of this movie and similar to what david said there were parts in here where i found it genuinely moving i I thought it was very touching um probably because uh you know i'm a sucker for for uh like father son father daughter stories kind of thing uh and that probably just because we don't really see those as much um so I'm, I'm a huge fan of those but the way that they incorporated the visual elements and also the music and then something about the plot i was like wow this is actually really well done uh, and those come and go but there is at least like three of those moments and i thought that was really well done so visually i wasn't like amazed by some of the uh some of the um like just general animation. However, with the magical component, there's actually some really neat stuff that they do um, that I was amazed by, you know, including some cloud stuff. And then there's some really cool, like uh, uh, water feature stuff um, that they, that they have as well. But um, I think that the the best thing that I like about this is when it does go a little bit non sequitur. um, And by that, it's like uh, a snake that keeps showing up or like um, a, uh, like, a security agent that keeps on like being a goofball uh, or something like, um, uh, whatchamacallit. Um, I don't know. J- just the, go- Oh, that, that's it. My, like one of my favorite sequences was when a character has to go super, super uh, aggro in the, in the wild. And I was it's like, a this- montage sequence that I actually think is quite hysterical. Yeah. I, yeah. That's yeah. like, one of the, like I laughed out loud. I was, uh, me and my seatmate were like the only few people that were just laughing out loud during that entire segment. And, uh, but as that goes, you know, there's it just continues to I think at that point in that movie, it gets stronger. But on the whole, I was surprised by me actually liking this movie to some degree as well. Again, I think that the first part of it is a little bit uh, they have to get where they have to go. So I understand that. But um, the emotional payoff isn't as great, I'd say. It's just that they develop some things along the way about one certain thing. And that's that's nice. But. Um, even that is a little bit strange toward the end. But with all that being said, I kind of 
I enjoyed it, and I kind of think that it's uh, one of those things where it's like, this is a nice little uh, uh, quiet movie, but at the same time, I, I would probably look to revisit it. It feels like this is trying to be DreamWorks' up, um, which I can admire to some degree. Like, I tend to prefer the DreamWorks films that have a little bit more edge and a little more, more seriousness to them. At the same time, there is a lot of fun stuff that happens in this movie. You mentioned that montage sequence where, yeah, a character's kind of... It, it The way it's edited, I think, is very clever, where he has yes. to kind of go through a series of things and it keeps cutting back to a certain shot of him running, which I think is just very funny. The movie as a whole, yeah, I I, I think it works uh, well enough. It's very, it's enjoyable. It, 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 it does some interesting things with the use of culture um, that I like quite a bit. Like the movie is set in Shanghai. You have, you know, a, a, you know, a couple Chinese families or what have you. But the movie, as opposed to something like Coco, where the culture is a big part of how the movie functions, this movie it do, it seems like it's more matter of fact about it, which I enjoyed. Like it, it's not not that like I need to suppress the Chinese culture in this movie, but I like that the movie just presents like you know it's just that that these people are Chinese, whatever. Like and and you see like you see things about it that makes sense and that whatnot, but it's not like a it's not a way of trying to kind of highly emphasize it over the main story being told, which is about abominable snowman being like returned to its family. And so it's, there's something about that. that I just like enjoyed. I enjoyed that, like how that played a role into this film mm-hmm. and for the story that is like the main story being told, it works. Like it, it does what it needs to. It gives you some, you know, stuff to laugh at as far as the supporting like kid characters with Yi. I think Yi is well developed um, as far as, her plight and her situation as far as, you know, working with Everest as well as dealing with the death of her father. Like that stuff is, it, it hits the way it's supposed to, um, without kind of drowning the film in a level of sorrow or melodrama. Like, so it, you know, that's, that's fun enough to kind of balance out and seeing how that all plays into it. You mentioned a, like the kind of the pacing and as well as like the visuals. And I think that has to do with the budget of this movie. It's notably half what you normally get on a, like a big DreamWorks movie where those movies mm-hmm. cost over a hundred million dollars. This movie cost a $75 million. And I think it shows, uh, it shows in how Everest looks like a very well-designed creature. He looks furry, he has texture and what have you, where the rest of the film, while interesting to look at, I do think it like does a good job of showing you the different environments or what have you. You can see like a lack of scope compared to something like, the damn boss baby where there's all kinds of things happening in that movie because <laughs> if because that movie cost a lot of money and I, sure. I it's weird how i could kind of see that but it's like okay i get that and the same with like the opening it feels like there's a longer movie here that could have got cut down either just because they couldn't afford to have an expanded opening number to kind of really flesh out the characters more or what have you or just because it wanted to get to the chase either way i actually didn't mind it i like that the movie pretty much gets you going right as it starts like you're with mm-hmm. everest you get it he's out there you get the introduction of the other characters, and you're pretty much on the go, like, 15 minutes in. Like, you're just like, all right, now we're moving. We're moving. We're going into, you know, out of Shanghai into the jungle. Sure. And uh, so, like, all of those things I liked. I, I I don't think it's a fantastic movie, but I still think it's an enjoyable film. Mm-hmm. I do want to say, too, that the I think the creature design of Everest is I, – I liked it. It was very – it's kind of cute at the same time. Like, it, it uh, it's quadruped, but also it can be biped. And, like, I can't really tell if – you know, uh, if it uh, had like a smash face, but at the same time, it, the the textures on it as well. I was like his like, paws. Well so like every time they showed his paws, like I noticed. Yeah. That especially. Or when they closed up, closed up on his face. Yeah. You could see yeah. like, oh, it's it's like you know, it's felt. It's a warm fuzzy kind of thing. Um, David, I, I want to ask you about you know you were talking about uh, well, both you and Aaron sort of talked about the 
the um, culture influence in this. And I wanted to talk to you about where you felt as it was like, it just felt like more American and kind of what you meant by that. Well, you, you know, it's like it, it could have, this could have taken place not in China. It could have just been in mm-hmm. a Chinese American family in LA. Right. And it, it didn't have to be going to Everest. It could be going to Yosemite or whatever. And, and it could have just been a, a movie about these characters in America, and it would have played the same. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what I mean, is that... Uh, and and it, is, it is written by non-Asian people and directed by a non-Asian director. That was... I, which I, I found interesting, because it's, it's, it's not like it's, it's, it's an original film. Like, it's not based on a book or anything. It just mm-hmm. came from this writer-director, Joe Colton. So it's like, okay, so they just made a very... I mean, it is... Produced by Pearl Animation Studios. It, yeah, it is. So, eighty. Like, it's like eighty-five percent produced at Pearl Studio, which which is a Chinese be, company. Yeah, which used to be actually Oriental DreamWorks. Mm. And, oh, and then DreamWorks kind of decided to, after it was purchased by Comcast, NBC, Universal, they decided yeah. to kind of separate ways, and then it, that then it became Pearl Studio. Mm-hmm. And because they, they did Kung Fu Panda three, also. They they helped with that, yeah. They helped with that, yeah. yeah. Actually, okay. or, or maybe they produced it entirely. I'm not sure, but yeah. I know mm-hmm. that was like a big co-production. Because like, I was like, I know I've heard Pearl before I looked into it. So yeah, Kyungu Panda 3 was like the other yeah. one. And this, is, and, this one seems and, more... And now Pearl Studio is is kind of their own thing. Mm-hmm. And they just yeah. kind of, they take place, they're, they're set in China. They're, and they're making, their next movie is for, uh, for Netflix. It's, yeah. a, it's with Glenn Keane, who animated for Tarzan and Ariel... Yeah, a lot of yeah. big big like, Disney animator. Yeah. Like the nineteen nineties Tarzan? Yes. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Not, cool. not the not the live action Wonder Brothers film, no. <laughs> Rotoscope. Yeah. They um, just thought of abs all of a sudden. Yeah, I was like, wow, that guy is like, yeah, no. Uh, but, but yeah, so I mean you can see, yeah, so obviously with Pearl producing, I can understand why they chose to set it in China and the movie I, I I'll be curious how it plays in China. It opens on Tuesday, I believe. And well China. what I was gonna say about that is like um I actually didn't know that they were in Shanghai. Maybe they mentioned or they showed a, a title card somewhere. But I thought that it was like a Big Hero 6 type thing where it's like the future or the near future where it's a, an amalgamation of cities. Mm-hmm. And it just was that they it, – it definitely felt like China, Asia, what have you because of all the signs and, and, and uh, stores and shops and whatever else. But I just never really got a sense of it being like specifically Shanghai, I guess. Um, so I because I, I, I read it, I think I just knew it automatically. Be, yeah. And then I like when they get to that whole thing where there's a big light show involving a few buildings. I'm like, I wonder if that's a real thing. I gotta like look that up. <laughs> that, was my, <laughs> that was my main thought. It's like, is that I, in China, Shanghai? Is that a thing? Yeah. Did the, you guys like, see the McDonald's I, billboard in the background? I did. I did see yes. That. Yeah. And I was like, that's a very prominent placement for this kind of tender moment. <laughs> oh, I saw that. And I was like, I wonder if they have toys. That was my immediate thought when I saw the, the McDonald's billboard. Well, I definitely there, need to get some illustrations. Of... There are. There yeah. is in, in in China. There's a huge Happy Meal or McDonald's promotion where all their little their boxes for their food looks like yeah. Everest. And they have fur on them and the burgers too. <laughs> it's, it's all blue glowing that, fur. That's why they're called Impossible Burgers. Yeah. <laughs> so, I wanted to ask you guys about um, the magical elements of this. And David, you had mentioned that, yes, to some degree, it sort of uh, excises uh, some story element and it kind of helps them get to their where they need to go faster. I felt that way, too. And and to some degree, it's like I think that they started using it much more toward the end. And although I wasn't annoyed because some of the visuals that they did display on the screen were nice, it was very, like, simple. And maybe, Aaron, you, you answer this with the budget thing, but... 
I kind of want to ask you guys more about the magical elements of, of Everest. I, I will say that I like the visual of both the blueberry scene, including a pretty funny capper to that sequence, and the the boat sequence. I really liked the look of that, like what they're doing with that and how it plays with the land. I thought that was really clever. As far as its impact on the plotting, I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. Like, it does feel like we've inserted this thing because we've either written ourselves into a corner or because it's just faster to get through what is essentially a template of an adventure story. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on that part, David? No, yeah, that's totally, totally exactly what it is. And visually it looked great. Uh, I mean, yeah, I thought visually, I mean, Aaron, I think Aaron said you, you noticed that it was the low budget yeah. movie. Yeah, it didn't bother me the way Spies in Disguise does. <laughs> I thought it was totally fine. fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Yeah, I'm not like I'm not saying that it bothers me. I'm just saying like yeah. it, it feels like seeing so many animated films and seeing what, especially when it comes to like backgrounds and like what's going on, where right. you know, like like watching like the Toy Story films, you can see the progression as far as like how much stuff is going on in a single frame. And not that every film needs to be on, like, the level of Pixar when it comes to, like, having ridiculous money to make whatever you want to. But, like, watching a film like this in 2019, it's like, there's not a lot of activity going on behind the main stuff going on here. So it just, it, like, stood out to me. It's like, yeah, yeah, this movie seems like it doesn't have as high of a budget um, as other kind of big, even big DreamWorks releases, like the aforementioned Boss Baby. I, I, or I, I noticed that, too, and I didn't know if it was just because they just decided not to do it. Uh, I never thought about budget constraints because there's a there's one scene where her grandma's just in the background, um, not really doing anything, and there's you know uh, I it wasn't as though I need background characters to continuously do something, but I did I did notice that as well. Um, and then I think the last question I have for you guys is um, there's a, there's use of music in this, and then there's use of like a pop song, and I was again genuinely I was like kind of touched by this because that's a that's a it's like a mellow song, but uh-huh. the way that they've incorporated some additional string elements to it too, for this movie specifically, I was curious how you guys took that scene in whole, but also the use of uh, that band, which was also in like an, a huge, another huge like Asian hit <laughs> last year. Yeah, I I was curious when the letter is going to be released that they had to write to get that song for this movie. <laughs> um, I also feel like you prepared me for this movie with your choice for last week's um, closeout song. That was weird. I was like, Aaron's going to have to use another song from his band. <laughs> um, but do I, you, you got, do you guys know that in the Chinese release, it's not Coldplay; it's some other really really trendy band. Yeah. Okay, that that's interesting, and it's also I, different because they're not asking them to change the lyrics. That's change. correct. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's same lyrics. Factor. Yeah, so good point about that. But as, as for the scene though, the scene actually got me, and I was like, this is a, a well done scene here, especially with like uh, seemingly like a teardrop on a Buddha or something like that. And I was like, this is nice. But well, I, I will say, I like the I like the use of the song, and I also just like Rupert Gregson Ed Williams' score. I thought the score <laughs> was pretty good for this movie. I thought the score was pretty good, too. Um, even just her playing her violin kind of thing. But uh, <laughs> the one question that I did have is just how did she is is the hair the magical element or is the person the magical element? The, <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, he, wait. So he strung the, the violin hair is the Yeti's hair, right? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then, you know, part he used. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, probably like you know, some back hair. 
But I, I guess it's because, well, if you believe, does it work? Or is it just that, you know, it's magical Yeti hair? And I'm going to guess that it's just magical Yeti hair. Yeah. That's, I didn't yeah. give it much thought, but I, yeah, probably. I would assume so. <laughs> yeah, because otherwise, it's like, you know, if you really believe in yourself and you believe in the journey you're going through, then you, too, have the power. And that's half the battle. Who is in this? <laughs> they show up in her uh, in her Spotify playlist. Okay. <laughs> They're just there. Oh, I mean, I mean, one of the biggest things in this, not to change this up too much, but I was going like, they, they got to be cold. And they finally gave them jackets. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so it was, but it was took too long to get to that. Yeah. That's exactly the same plot element. I was like, you know, air's really thin up there. It's really cold. How are they going to do this? Like, okay, I guess they, they resolved it. Um, and, and I guess just lastly, what would you guys think of the adult Yeti designs? I I liked it because it gave context to the small Yeti. Mm-hmm. I uh, it's like oh I get why this Yeti, I like I get why Everest looks this way because it's not an adult. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that was a nice play on what she how they described it. Those kids. Uh, they're like he's probably not an adult yet. I was like oh I never even thought but, about that. I thought he was full grown. But he's also like. They're, they're, the, the adults are also way too big for me. They are quite That's large. what I was thinking. I was like, these are colossal things yeah. that are magic and live on a very small part of Everest. Right. <laughs> like, imagine, like, like how, Mount Everest, how the peak is not very big. <laughs> so, like, there's got to be a mountain of their poop somewhere that's going to be discovered. <laughs> and it's it's what be the causes worst avalanches. Ever. Yeah, it's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> or they just magic it away. They got magic. That's yeah, true. They and they just magic wave it into the air and becomes rain. But did they did they magically <laughs> like how did how did uh, take that to bet? <laughs> but I just felt like they didn't really try very hard to get him back. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was also thinking. Yeah, it's a little it's a little shady on how things happen to be like. What did that, I did think of that too. Is like, wait, so it seems like they have the means to do what they needed to, unless I don't know. They're like also like soothsayers and they're just like he needed to go on this journey well, <laughs> like, i don't yeah, know what to two, think. two things i thought about was like well is, when this a red, the... yet, is there a yeti rite of passage we don't know but is it was he exactly. have, is, was is, this is was 13? this shanghai adventure his bar mitzvah was yeah it's just like it's just like predator where he's got to go to the city to go <laughs> and get his kill when he's a teenager um but the two things i thought I about like, like common lectured me about this in smallfoot last year and i just forgot <laughs> it <laughs> you probably just forgot lebron was there too um but there was just the part where they get to like the the bridge to shambhala like in uncharted 2 and I was like, oh, well, it'd be cool if there's... And, miss, and Missing Link. <laughs> and, and Missing Link, right. But I, I felt like, oh, maybe there's like uh, some some adult yetis that are going to help out here. Nope. And then the other part is like when they finally get to the where they need to go. And I was like, it'd be cool if they did it E.T. style where, you know, all the hearts are glowing or something like that. But no, the little, like, Everest has to initiate contact. So it was they're about, just too big and they don't know how to like work smartphones and they're like, how do we track this guy? Yeah, or they're just probably like, find his way back. Yeah, that, that, maybe they, they're just so, maybe they're so big they didn't realize he was gone. Could be. It's like we got a lot of kids running around. I can't keep track of all. <laughs> and there's even smaller ones in the post credit uh, uh, animation stuff. It's hey, like, stay for those. Did you guys stay through all the credits? By the way, I did. It was. It was. I did. I always do. I liked the credits quite a bit. I like. I liked where it ended. It was like this is a nice final. I was image not expecting that last card, and I was like, "This is a nice way to do yeah, it." Yeah, the card for like the card I did not expect. The thing that happened after the card, I did expect. And I was like, "I'm all about this" because I like that running joke. That made me laugh. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, the, the whooping snake. <laughs> yeah, that that snake yeah. is the snake. Things the are funny of this movie. Um, <laughs> what else? Uh, what did you think of the villains in this movie? We have among others Eddie Izzard, 
and uh, Sarah Paulson. Uh, not necessarily villains, more, I guess, antagonists. What do you think of the antagonists of this film? I felt as though the turn from Eddie was a little bit too easy. And I also didn't really understand that flashback. I get I get it, but it's like it was very strangely placed. You know, and, you know what I, I felt about him? Uh-huh. It seemed like he was playing a grown-up version of Hugh Jackman's character in Missing Link. Like if he became like, I don't know what I was thinking. If he became like cold and cynical, like yeah, he become Eddie. He also character. has to get proved to like some committee that he did what he did. Uh-huh. Right? Um, yeah. But, but again, that also made me think was... that also made me remind me of Up because you have exactly right. the, uh, yeah. what That's Christopher what um Plumber. Plumber. Christopher Plumber's character is like, yeah, like an aged explorer or what have you. What a, what a, what another, another great example of never meet your heroes. Yeah. Remember how that movie ends with dogs flying and talking to each other? That's the part that was. Yeah, up's a classic, guys. Everybody. I don't know how, yeah, but that that part is like the the, the weakest part of Up for me. That part, you mean the second half of the movie? (laughs) That's, that's pretty much, yeah. Yeah, it pretty much starts at the, like, the second act. (laughs) Yeah. That's true, yeah. So, anyway. I'm but, not trying to bring that up, man. No, not, I, just, not, not I know I, I know David and I are in the lesser camp. But it, like, I think Up's great. I, I really like Up. I just, I, yeah. I, I don't, it no, doesn't do I, much, I much for me as it seems to do for everybody else. Because I, I remember more than just the first ten minutes of the film. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I think people are really nostalgic about like the first ten minutes of that movie. Um, and then Russell kind of like getting his award at the end. But there's a huge segment in between that's just like, what is this? Pretty huge. Pretty huge segment. Yeah. Like what you guys just said, the whole entire second Which act. Again, I still find enjoyable, just not on the level that it seems to be propped up to be as far as up being a Best Picture nominee. So. Exactly. But, but back hey, to the, the, the Ed Asner stands are out there, and I get it. <laughs> Mr. Fredrickson? Yeah. Mr. Fredrickson. So yeah, yeah, here are the villains, antagonists. Not, not my favorite, but you know they do what they have to do. And some parts are funny. Um, you know, I, I, I could see that they're, you know, you can't just have the old old guy be the, the main stereotypical villain again, right? So they just kind of made him a little bit... Uh, he, he, he is a little nicer. He, he warms up towards the end. And I, I, I appreciate that, I guess, as, as opposed well, to the having... logic, because you have an older character who's made a career off of presumably having more optimism about the things he's seeing and now he's like you know so like connecting that back with like what made him do this to begin with like i get that arc that's a that's neat and he's a good guy anton ego of collecting animals exactly yes yeah yeah i mean literally it does a flashback yeah everything so like and i was like wow they they draw on a lot of other animated movies and that's okay but um again he's digitized from a lot of uh, other animated movies totally but he also gave Jin like a really comfortable bed to sleep in he could have just threw him in a cage but oh yeah it's funny that he's sleeping in the same bunker yeah i did like the friends but like the fact that they are like their kids played by kids essentially i think that helped i I do think that shows oh you mean like the voice actors yeah the voice actors like in the same way we're like um paranorman like his best friend is voiced by a kid who's like clearly a kid it's like that seems like that stood out here to me as far as having Peng and Jin like they're 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 actually children that are voicing these yes, characters. Yeah. It would have been weird if they had Peng played by an adult because that guy's got to like break his voice and sound like he's got something in his teeth all the time because he's got braces on in the movie. I mean, it's, not, but... it's not impossible, but again, note just hearing that I'm like, oh, it's like actually a kid playing this. So it's like, oh, that's nice. That's Do you nice. think like the the adult uh, voice community like they're just they're just mad that they didn't get work from this? I don't want to get involved in the politics of that community, guys. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we've talked a lot about Abominable. Oh, last thing I'll say is uh, I enjoyed that that opening DreamWorks an- animation. 
It's like different from what I've seen before. Yeah, it's a new logo. It's nice. Yeah. yeah. So cool. All right. Well, when should people go and see Abominable, David? I I actually really thought it was better on the big screen for this because there's a lot of big moments that are that work really well, and and I really liked it. I think we should support these movies where they are about, you know, it's like a first globally animated movie about a female person of color. And I think that's pretty important to support. So go see it in the theater. Yeah. I'd say that you don't have to run and see it right away, but you should see it in theater. So I'd give this a dollar theater. I'm with you. Dollar theater is fine. But yeah, it is. I mean, it's not only everything you just said, David, it's also an original feature. Like, as I mentioned, it's not a book. It's not a sequel. It's like, it's an original property. Even though they draw on a lot of things. Well, yeah, but I mean, no, no movie's completely original. Either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rosebud. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think it's worthwhile to see for sure. It's just yeah. a nice, sweet movie. So yeah. there you go, abominable. <laughs> All right, let's move on now. Let's uh, let's get to uh, Abe. What uh, what time is it? Time for a fun game. Little known fact, originally they were going to have a xylophone as the main instrument, but then they were like, no, that's that's not cool enough. It'll be too clunky for her to carry around. Too hard, yeah. She's got like, <laughs> and was it marimba style where it's like wooden or is it just like, you know, the metal style stuff? That's, uh, what, that's what the, that's what the gift should have been from the adult yetis. They should have given her, <laughs> given a, her. A, wooden, a wooden xylophone. <laughs> As like it's like Predator Two, they just throw it at her. It's exactly it's, exa- it, it, it's exactly like Predator Two. That's what it is, including like the skull of um, Emma Thompson's character missing like like somewhere on the wall. Wow, that actually would be kind of fun. We should be, we should learn how to animate. Um, next one, or I'm sorry, the game I've got you guys is called uh, Home, please. This is where I'm going to read you guys a clue about uh, a movie in which a character has to return home. And if you know the character that I'm talking about, please buzz in with your name and tell me the character's name from that movie in which that character is trying to return home. So we're naming the character. Correct. Yeah. Okay. I, I, by the way, you mentioned Home, Please, and I was like, I hope this is not a trivia game on DreamWorks' Home, because that movie is terrible. <laughs> is that the one with Rihanna? <laughs> Rihanna and Jim Parsons, Dream Team. No. Oh. Yeah, no. I, I skipped I, that one, too. That yeah, movie's not good. I did good. not see that. Yeah. Uh, but you she's know who's great. annoying? Jim Parsons in Home. He is. I mean, that's not surprising. It's not a good movie. <laughs> but, you know, Rihanna's, Rihanna's masterpiece is Battleship. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Next, our first one here. Michael J. Fox is the voice of this dog who wishes to return home with his two pals in Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. Aaron. Aaron. Chance. Chance is correct. That's what the little boy yells at the end. Chance. Here, the boy. The like, Shadow. Oh, he's too old. Shadow is like the, the older dog, and I forget what the cat's name is. Sassy. Sassy. All right. Well, good job. Next one here. Mike and Sully have to work in secret to return this little monster to her home before anyone finds out. David. David. Boo. Boo. Uh, next one here. Orphan sisters find the meaning of family when they take care of this creature from outer space. Aaron. Aaron. Stitch. Stitch is correct. Do you know the other name for him? Um, David does. Stitch is correct. <laughs> yeah, what is the other name? I've seen it once, and I liked it quite a bit, but what was the other name? David, take it away. Experiment 626. Yeah, that's right. I knew it was like a, some weird thing like that, like a number thing. I couldn't remember what it was. But they, yeah. they love Covina. <laughs> um, next one here. There are only three rules in order to take care of this little guy, but break them, and you w- probably won't get a free frozen with David. 
Gizmo. Gizmo is correct. When you say break them, they probably will get a free Froger. Yeah, I was going to play from the Simpsons <laughs> thing with your choice of topping. <laughs> Next one here. Unable to read from the book to keep the town safe, Norman must confront this quote-unquote monster. Aaron. Aaron. Abigail? Uh, I... It's not what they call her, and I don't know if it's short. <laughs> David, do you... I'm well, going to say read, no. Read the fin- whole thing. Finish the sentence. Finish the... So they must confront the this quote-unquote monster who haunts this town in order to... Uh, in or, uh, pff, who can, must confront this quote-unquote monster who haunts uh, his town only to learn a terrible secret. Oh, I... Are you going for like the Blythe Hollow Witch or no, something like you, that? You are right, but I mean, it's it's partially not right because it sounds like that, but it's not that. Mm. I can't. I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember the name. It's Aggie. Oh. So I was like, not, it's not it's Abby. Not I was like, I don't. Abby would be. Am I just thinking of the Crucible? Is that you the might problem? be thinking of the Crucible. Am I just thinking yeah. too hard of the Crucible because it's a witch thing? <laughs> so I get that point there. Uh, the next one here. Is that even short for anything? Ag- Agagale? <laughs> no, no just Aggie. I think it's just Aggie, yeah. So that's All why right. I was like, is it Abigail in the movie? But I don't think there was. No, I crossed my crucible lines with this. <laughs> Good job on 10th grade English. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one here. The rules were rigged against her in her own racing game, Sugar Rush, but with the help of her friend Ralph, David. David. Oh my god, I just forgot. <laughs> Vanellope Von Schweetz. That's correct. Vanellope Von Schweetz. I was like, Schweetz. are you going to get this one? <laughs> I almost said Baruch Assault. Ooh, that would have been incorrect. She gets yep. him eventually. <laughs> Somehow. Uh, the next one here. He's been trying to return home for 26 years, but got sucked into the game. Maybe Sarah Whittle, who started the game with him, is the key to letting him stay for Aaron. good. Aaron. Alan Parrish? Alan Parrish! <laughs> Uh, for a movie that Aaron hates. <laughs> mm-hmm. The next Good one sequel. here. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the trilogy capper looks pretty promising too. Yeah, we'll see how, uh, we'll see how, uh, whatchamacallit, um, Kevin Hart plays old Danny Lover. I hadn't seen that trailer on the big screen until we saw it on, uh, Friday, and, uh, I, that makes me laugh a lot. Like, I saw it already, but, like, Danny Glover in Kevin Hart form makes me laugh. That's funny. <laughs> old man Kevin Hart. That's uh, funny. It's a funny The thing. next one here. This family seeks to return to their home after a long-lost uncle, previously thought dead, returns with a different family and a Weasley lawyer and kicks them out. Aaron. Aaron. I literally just watched this because I got the blur of a review. It's Fester from the Adams Family. That's correct, but you said the Adams Family. That's what I was going for. This family seeks to return home. So it's the Adams Family. Yeah. Uh, two more. After reading about the Nothing, Atreyu, Falcor, and the Childlike Empress, this boy finds courage to face his bullies and return home to hang with his dad. I don't know his name. I don't know the name either. Really? I don't watch this movie. Like, Man, you, this you guys is a watch classic. This all the time. I like I've seen it once, and I'm like, his, all right, the, name the horse Bastion. dies. That's sad. What's his what? name? His name is Bastion. Yeah, Who's I guessing that Bastion. Movie? <laughs> I, I would guess Bastion. <laughs> That's not a name. And uh, it's a Bastion. It's Bastion, yeah. No, yeah, just Bastion. Like, not oh yeah, Sub- not, not Sebastian. That's a name. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's short. Bastion's like a collection of something. <laughs> like my attention span is short for that movie. Ooh. <laughs> uh, next one here, last one here. He was advancing his horticultural knowledge with his family when they left unexpectedly, but he finds help on Earth with his new buddy Elliot and Reese's piece Aaron. Aaron. E.T., the extraterrestrial. E. is correct. 
Uh, with that, Aaron, you barely won uh, over David in this week's game of Home, Please. I needed to squeak by because I couldn't figure out Bastion. <laughs> Bastion and, and Abigail. <laughs> so that was good. All right. Well, good. Thank you for that game. You're welcome. Uh, all right. Let's uh, let's move on now. Let's get some out now feedback. You're back. You're back. You're back. This is where we go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page. Facebook.com slash out now podcast. We asked a number of questions to the listeners and they gave us answers. Then they gave us questions that we can give answers to. First question is, what's your favorite animated fur- furry creature? David Wright Sully. Irene has Pikachu, and Justin has The Grinch. Uh, Mr. Fox, of course, from Fantastic Mr. Fox. Mm, got it. <laughs> Did you do a roll and tumble as well? It's his trademark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, David, there you any, go. Uh, any animated furry features? I mean, there's so many of them. You're a thumper guy, right? Thumper for life? <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he is cute. I do like thumper, but he's not my favorite. There's too many. I can't. That like Donald Duck. I don't know. It's too many. Fair enough. Also feathers. Yeah. Next question we have here. Favorite films about finding one's home. Irene has The Wizard of Oz and E. T. Alan has Waterworld. <laughs> and Justin has Moana. They were explorers. Films about finding one's home. Why mm. the Navigator? There you go. Not only his home, but his right to time. Uh, wow, I forgot about that too. The time element, yeah. But, uh, yeah, sure, Black Panther. <laughs> what? He's gonna destroy. He's gonna bring all the weapons to all the uh, the black people of the world. I mean, yeah, he Can was be... trying to find Wakanda, his home, Wakanda, yeah. and, and he did, and you know that didn't go too well for him. But so here's a question for you guys about Wakanda. Go on. Does he? How long has he been memorizing that speech that he gives to everybody? <laughs> when well, when. I mean... uh, when, when, your mind's says, fo- when your mind is very singularly focused, I, I feel like he probably had a good idea of what he was going to say. <laughs> he, he was waiting for somebody to interject, and then he was going to be, like, busting out in, like, Wakanda knees. Uh, and then just like, oh, shit, this guy is really from Wakanda. So seems like he'd been practicing that for a while. Well, yeah. I mean, you're not going to get there, have an objective, and be like, I don't know what to say about it. Like, he seems like a pretty smart guy. <laughs> like... That was our Wakanda segment. That was Wakanda chat. Yeah. <laughs> Next question here. What are your favorite musical scenes from animated films? Musical scores from animated films? Todd writes The Incredibles. I've also been a huge fan of the score for Chicken Run. Uh, a lot of fun favorite musical scores. I mean, to be honest, like Thomas Newman's Nemo score is tremendous. That's really great. Yeah. yeah but like, I mean, yeah, obviously The Incredibles is very good. Oh, um, of course. Um, uh, the, the Lion King, Hans Zimmer's only Oscar. Uh, I really, I do really like that score. That's a good one. That's a nice I, I really, thing about that remake that, you know, otherwise didn't exist because I can I have no thoughts on it now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really love the J- James Newton Howard's for score for the for Atlantis, The Lost Empire, oh. as well as Treasure Planet and Dinosaur. Three dinosaur. Yeah, really, really went all the, the full gamut. Yeah. <laughs> who I mean, all, who all made Dinosaur? Are, Disney. Are, are, That's a Disney, Disney movie. Okay. Yeah. Disney's like, let's have a really great opening sequence, and then one of the dinosaurs talks, and nobody wants to see that movie anymore. Yeah, yeah. I remember <laughs> that's like, what they said. They said that out loud. They're like, we're gonna lose money, guys. They're like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Did they say that for John Carter of Mars? Probably. Oh, well, we like John Carter. I know we I, love I, John I like, Carter. Yeah. yeah, we yeah, they spent too much money on it, or they didn't spend. I mean, I don't know what the problem is. I mean, you got a big adventure movie. You got t- you got the Kitcher. I mean, yeah, everything. Fucking Tim Riggins. <laughs> yeah, everything about that movie is 
pretty solid. Anyway, <laughs> musical scores. There's a lot of great musical scores from animated films that we should. No, I mean, we the would. How to Train Your Dragon movies also, obviously. Have, oh, know, yeah. James, John, yeah. Powell. Uh, John Powell on Just those. And, yeah. and then, oh, she's up. Um, up, yeah. yeah. Michael Giacchino. Michael, yeah, Giacchino. He, he's made a lot of great stuff. See, I mean, with, even uh, Ratatouille. Wally, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's, he's killing it. Yeah. But like, Wally's just like visual uh, and score <laughs> oh yeah wally I, you know, yeah. yeah yeah that's uh <laughs> wally, wally for life on my part that's thomas oh, newman again right yeah yes it was yeah yeah, yeah. and the, the i mean I, I actually just watched coco with anna and my grandmother the other week uh the score there is wonderful as well who does that one that's giacchino again giacchino. yeah, yeah. Along with obviously the musical uh, elements as well yeah he is a chameleon that guy uh the next question which, which we didn't get answers to is what animated film do you most relate to um, I'd say the Jungle Book. You know, I'm always trying to find my home, and I'd love to meet a, a giant bear who gives me a fruit to eat <laughs> and be. Is this <laughs> not code for something, Abe? No, is it's not code. It's, I kind of no, 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 no code. <laughs> I literally want to meet a bear in the jungles of India and be protected by a, a <laughs> panther. Whenever you see Abe like slowly getting uh, fruit together at like a Trader Joe's, he's always going like Ruby do, and it's like, yeah, oh, okay. like <laughs> if you pick a prickly pear, beware. <laughs> He puts it back down again. He's like, oh, wait, that song. <laughs> what you don't see is sometimes when I see ants on the ground, I'm like, you eat ants? <laughs> this is and, the way he flirts. His, his, <laughs> his, his part, you know, he sees his friend and he's like, yeah, slimy gets satisfying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then on weekends, sometimes I'll just wear red underwear around the house. <laughs> uh, films relating to most, animated films relating to most. Yeah. Um, Spider-Verse comes to mind. You're half Puerto Rican? Nope. <laughs> I mean, I am mixed race, but yes, I mean, no, it's, like, it's but there's a lot of elements in that yeah, film. I think uh, apply. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. This is weird. I I think the Iron Giant speaks to me a lot. Yeah, I yeah. can see it. I love the way he answers the phone. That's one of my favorite lines. Hogarth Hughes. Who's <laughs> yeah? Can it, Hogarth's he says a better more. name than Bastion. Yeah, he says more, but I forget what it is. I just like how he says Hogarth Hughes. Yeah. All right. Uh, this these next questions are in relation to Judy, which also opened this week. Uh, favorite performance by an actor playing another actor. Uh, Scott writes Martin Lando as Bela Lugosi in Ed Wood. Scott Mendelson, friend of the show, writes Scott says that Scott was right. Uh, Todd writes I also agree with Landau as Lugosi and Ed Wood. I'd also mention Robert Downey Jr. in Chaplin and Greg Kinnear as Bob Crane in Autofocus. Mm. Uh, Sarah writes Sissy Spacek playing Loretta Lynn. Luke, friend of the show, has James Franco as Tommy Wiseau. Christopher has, I've got to say, Kate Blanchett playing Catherine Hepburn in Martin Scorsese's Howard Hughes biopic, The Aviator, is a pure delight. She won an Oscar for this performance. And Jeff had a gif of Robert Downey Jr. as Kirk Lazarus in Tropic <laughs> which, Thunder. Which, you know, that's, he's playing three characters there. <laughs> he's Yeah, he's playing a dude, playing another dude, playing a dude. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, but the, the Landau is, Lugosi is pretty great. Right. Um a lot of good ones for this. You mentioned a lot of them too. Uh, I'm looking forward to Eddie Murphy um, and Dolomite. By the way, same here. That trailer looks tremendous. Um, hmm. This question nailed a lot of them. So I'm just trying to it think. Like, did yeah. I'm just trying to think of, of like because it's not necessarily a biopic. It's it's an actor playing another actor. Yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah. we got Tom Hanks playing Walt Disney and and Mr. Rogers com- coming up. But I don't know if that's Tom Hanks playing Walt. <laughs> yeah. Somebody should make a whole entire Tom Hanks universe type thing because, you know, he plays every character in that Christmas movie. So, gotta be <laughs> he's like also, he's also a pilot that uh, crashed into the Hudson. 
and he's also Captain Phillips or something. You mean Mike from uh, Monsters, Inc.? You played him? <laughs> John, John Goodman? <laughs> oh. uh, never mind. You know, you ta- you know, you talked about Tom Hanks playing that character in that movie about the guy <laughs> who landed the plane in the Hudson. You know, Mike. That's his name, right? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Captain Mike? Yeah, yeah Captain Mike. That was his name. <laughs> anyway, a lot of getting... I know we're talking down about this. I like Silly quite a bit. <laughs> I thought, I thought it was okay in some parts, and in some parts it was like, meh. Silly's a perfect HBO movie, where like if it's on, I'm like, yeah, I'll watch Silly. Why not? <laughs> it's like, it's fine. Fair, fair. Uh, next question. What is your favorite Renelle Zellweger performances in relation to Judy? Justin has Jerry Maguire, me, myself, and Irene. Bridget Jones' Diary. Um... Hallmark is the podcast, right? It's Bridget Joseph's Diary, so thank you for that. I think that's uh, from Rachel. Rachel. Yeah. Uh, Mark Hoban writes, Judy, uh, I get that this is the most acting Renelle Zellweger. You were terrible at saying her name. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most acting Renee Zellweger has ever done. What she does here is pretty spectacular. It's not her best film. As a story, it's lacking. However, the way she completely disappears in the role is the greatest achievement of her career. I kind of almost like Adele dezeemed her uh, earlier, so sorry for that, yeah, Renelle. Like twice. Renelle, I just did it again. Renelle. <laughs> sorry for that, Renee. <laughs> Adele dezeemed. <laughs> What's funny is he did that with like a straight face, and then he he didn't acknowledge it ever again. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, he you... did because he apologized and like came back to the Oscars the next year to say I, it again, but he did it like super awkwardly. Yeah, he did it like his uh, his movie directed by Limp Bizkit. by Fred Durst. Yeah, classic. Uh, Renee uh, is great in a lot of things. I think that Jerry Maguire does stand out, and I've heard that she's great in the Bridget Jones's trilogy as well. Um, she won her Oscar for Cold Mountain, which is a movie I do like quite a bit. I I mean, she's good in it. I mean, uh, yeah, Jerry Maguire obviously is a very good film. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mark mentioned Judy. I, I haven't seen Judy, so he's 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 given the reaction that I basically expect from this movie as far as, yeah, the acting is strong because I don't tend to see movies where the lead actor is very bad as the main character they're representing, but the story oh, is lacking. It's like, yeah, that sounds like a basic biopic for during award season. I, I get <laughs> that. Like that's, That doesn't surprise me at all. Um, which is, it's funny because I've been hearing all the, like, the raves for specifically Renee Zellweger, but nothing about the movie itself. I'm like, well, that speaks to what the movie actually is, so I just... You know, if I see it, it won't be for a while. Great. Well, okay. Well, the question that uh, was asked of this panel today from Rachel, uh, she writes, which would you pick if you could only watch DreamWorks, Pixar, or Disney Animation? That's a tough one. No, it's wow. not. It's Pixar. <laughs> I mean, it is Pixar for me, too. But I mean, wait, 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 hold on. If you could only watch from one of those... Okay. I think she's saying only, only... So, like, if I could never watch other movies again except for from one of these studios. Correct. Then... Okay. Yeah. I would go with Disney just because they have more movies. I get. Yeah, I guess Disney because of the because of the back catalog. Cause of, yeah. Because yeah, if you ever get uh, bummed out, you could just listen to a whole new world again and just be like, at oh. At the same yeah. time, though, like I, I mean, like Wall-E and Incredible, like it's, these are some of my favorite movies ever. Like if I could only yeah. watch those sure. movies. Like, but we but just did a long to, bit about the Jungle Watch too. The Good Dinosaur twenty times too. <laughs> Well, it's you not like it's saying, you can't oh, use it. It just comes on loop random. <laughs> it's not like saying you have to only watch this, like every movie in like, I don't know. Uh, hmm. <laughs> it's got tougher. I know we know it's not DreamWorks. I think we've just, we've singled yeah. that part out. <laughs> Easily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd still probably go Pixar though. Yeah. No, I mean, if I'm only watching like these movies, like there's, 
There's not too many weak links in this. <laughs> well, hey, does well here's a question. If I say Disney, does that include DuckTales the movie? The Treasure of the Lo- the, the, the Legend of the Lost Lamp? Yeah. I want to say yes. Then, I mean, yeah, then, it's then Disney. I'm going like, to go Like Disney, Disney. has like you guys are totally right about the back. And camp. like a goofy movie because that's also not like straight up Disney. And really all the uh, and all the Olsen twin movies. What? No, those aren't animated. <laughs> No, they, they are anime because there's only one Olsen twin that's a whole conspiracy. <laughs> like, the other one does not exist. <laughs> Have you ever seen both of them in the same room? I haven't. All right. <laughs> no, I, I don't think I could say I, I don't think I could say goodbye to like Lion King and Aladdin and Sleeping Beauty and Peter Pan, Pinocchio. You know, there's just too many classics. And also, yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I hear you, what you're saying. I just don't watch them as much. You know, no, but, but I think the, just like the breadth of it, breadth of it is is tremendous. <laughs> I can't speak today. Let's yet. take can 10 you, minutes to focus on that rolling of the even, R just then for Brad. Yeah, that was impressive. You can take I'm, I'm now. going, uh, I'm, go, I'm channeling my inner, uh, um, word that it would be so simple. <laughs> yeah, you're a real hot solo this episode. Yeah. <laughs> and Ray Fines is my director. But I do want to uh, shout out, David, you know, second shout out to the to the underrated a Goofy movie. People don't talk about that movie enough. Uh I listen to Powerline every day of my life. I love those about. songs. Powerline, like, yeah. Dude, yeah. Tevin Gamble is my jam. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the concert. Uh, yeah, go left. All right. Perfect cast. Let's, uh, that, was, uh, that was feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Let's move on to Out Now Presents Us Out Now, these movies that are coming out on Blu-ray, DVD, streaming, and all that stuff this week. Uh, first up here on uh, 4K and Blu-ray and all that, feel free to give a yay or nay to these as I go through them. First is uh, Spider-Man colon Far From Home. Yeah, it's fun. Eh. Yeah. I enjoyed Sp- I enjoyed this Spider-Man more than the, the homecoming Spider- Spider-Man. Spider-Man? Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man in accounting? Spider-Man. <laughs> Who was now back in the MCU this week, so... Well, technically he never left. He never left. I mean, yeah, yeah he, he, never, ne- le- he never left. Also, he never so, left. so box never- moment... This is why you don't like follow the bandwagon when something just happens. And if you think about it, you're like, this is financially impossible. I mean, it's not impossible. It's but you know, feasible. also you know, like how much of the the backlash did force Sony to change their mind? Maybe I don't. We don't know. Apps. Yeah. I mean, the deal went down. Like they basically publicly negotiated. That's what happened. Where it's like, yeah, look at all these people. That Disney used as a weapon against them, <laughs> right? I mean, because Sony, Sony is the one that made a public announcement saying, like, "Oh, well, no, no, like, it's it's Disney. D- D- Disney leaked it, and then Sony had to obviously respond about and it." Respond. Yeah, Did and Disney then Kevin Feige is just like, yeah, "No, you know Disney what? leaked the fact that uh, Star Wars." Disney was responsible for the fact that it was ha- like that that it get that news got out. Dis- Sony then had to release a press release, as like as far as what was going on. Mm. But I mean, it went down. It went down to twenty five percent over fifty percent, and so they're like, "All right, well, yeah." yeah. Well, great, great segment. Thanks for the soapboxing. <laughs> also out this week, Maiden. This is a documentary about an all-women uh, maiden voyage on a during like a big boat race that happens. Hmm. Um, this happened like a while ago, the actual race, and they just made a documentary about it. Um, let's see, Doom colon Annihilation, which I believe is an animated Doom, the video game movie. Interesting. I haven't heard about this. Well, it's out. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Also, Encounter. Starring Luke Hemsworth, my second favorite Hemsworth. <laughs> the oldest not... brother is, is the, is the uh, second. Got it. I have, so I it, have it no... goes Chris, Luke, and then Liam. Got it. 
I, I have nothing else to say about this. I just wanted to write that Luke Hemsworth has a movie coming out this week. There you go. Uh, yeah, Blu-ray, he's good so. and stuff. He's good in Westworld. Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm the other Hemsworth. I'm a supporting character. <laughs> uh, and uh, Jarhead 4, colon, Law of Return. Why is he still being made? <laughs> because people love be... the Jarhead franchise. No, I mean, like... I, but don't you, is... made, Abe, don't you remember? They made the first Jarhead, and they're like, guys, we made a movie with... Sam Mendes, it's very introspective and there's no action whatsoever. Exactly. It's perfect for a DTV series of sequels involving nothing but action. That, that's exactly my point. It's like the first one is actually this whole entire, you know, pondering it's about, of it's about the lack of action. The lack of action <laughs> and also the sequels. pondering of like what is like why why would an eighteen year old join the military kind of thing? Not that we're against the military, but more just like, you know, he has all these things about he after the fact his life is in shambles kind of thing and he just like thinks about what this all meant. And how much he like loves and hates the Marines, and then you have all these action sequences. Or I'm sorry, these action follow-ups straight to DVD. Doesn't make any sense to me. It's this is the route that the Fast and Furious could have taken, by the way. Yeah, but instead they made better movies. That was yeah, the goal. Thank you, thank you, Justin Lin. Yeah. Uh, on uh, also out this week, Chernobyl, uh, which won the Emmy for uh, best uh, original limited series. It's great, the HBO series about Chernobyl. I've it's heard. fantastic. Yeah, cool. Yeah, just watch it. It's great. Um, also out, The Addams Family and The Addams Family Values. Addams Family Values, by the way, first time on Blu-ray, and I'm very happy about that, because that is one of the best comedy sequels of all time. <laughs> like, it's just, it's, I'm not even kidding. That baby like, comes just, out with a mustache. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, on 4K, you have The Shining, has a 4K release this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zombieland's 10th anniversary gets a 4K treatment. Gremlins has 4K now. Pan's oh. Labyrinth is now on 4K. And the remaining Marvel films that have not already been on 4K, Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, and Guardians of the, the first Guardians of the Galaxy. So oh, now you can get cool. every MCU film on 4K. Got it. So you can yeah. just like you know keep throwing like thousands of dollars for media. Got it. That, that's right. Yeah. How else are you going to fund Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness? <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that. It's the best title. <laughs> it's, it <Yeah>. rules. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to, to what they're calling the first horror one. I look forward to, since Spider-Man is now still in the MCU, him cameoing in Doctor Strange just to be like, wait a minute, I don't know about this whole multiverse stuff. I just dealt with that in my last movie. <laughs> and then Benedict Timothy Carlton Cumberbatch is like, get out of here, kid. And he leaves. That's how I write my Marvel cameos, guys. I, I like <laughs> it. Yeah, I like how your lines are simple and direct. Get out of here, kid. That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. On streaming this week, uh, Netflix, we have In the Shadow of the Moon, which is not a documentary about the moon, which... There actually is one called that that came out like 10 years ago that I saw. It actually is quite good. It is actually a crime drama involving time travel uh, from director Jim Mickle. He's done a couple of uh, lower thrillers that are like, there's some good, he made some good movies. I'm curious about this one. Mm, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, also, The Politician, which is, I believe, the first Ryan Murphy TV series to come onto Netflix. Uh, so fans of his stuff, he's got a movie here, or a, a series here. Okay. On Prime this week, you have Transparent... The musical finale, this is like the the, the follow the, the wrap up to the series yeah, of Transparent. Like yeah. After the fourth season, yeah. After the fourth, yeah, which uh, now they had does it, not like, start. They got rid of Jeffrey Tambor. They got rid of Jeffrey Tambor, and now this is just like a like a movie finale for that series. Got it. That series. Ready right the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also on Prime, just things I noticed. Rango's on Prime. There you go. Oh, Rango. It's like one of our first episodes. Rango's great. And uh, The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. That's just a great movie, too. That is a terrific... They have a terrific credit credit sequence. They do. Yeah. And uh, Permanent Midnight. Don't know this that one. Star- that stars Ben Stiller as the creator of ALF. And uh, he what? has had a really messed up life. And that's a good movie about that, char- that person. 
It's a creator of Elf. Yes. Got it. Interesting. I can't think, like, the name is escaping me off. Yeah, but that person went on to make Elf. Yeah, but it's like, it was that late 90s period before he did something about Mary where Ben Stiller was starring in, like, movies, like, drama, like, things that required more of him than just playing Nervous Guy. Because it's like, Zero Effect is another great movie with Bill Pullman. Uh, But this one, probably been that. Jerry Stahl. There we go. That's his name. Got it. All right. It's like a straight up drama. Like it's it's very depressing. Yeah. Okay. Because he's a heroin addict. I mean, it sounds like it's depressing, and it sounds like it could be a good double feature with like Honey Boy. So we'll see. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's on Outwitch Out now. Let's move on. Next week's show. Next week we're talking Joker. It's J Week. J Week 2019. JW It's here. Joker Week. Yeah, I'm excited. Get ready. Get ready for Joker. I'm just excited for the JW week. I'm not excited for like the movie. I'm trying to keep my expectations like tempered here. You made shirts, right? I did make shirts. Uh, it's on the front it says J, and the back it says W, and then no, make... no, no, no. We established on the front it says J Dubs Week 2019, <laughs> and on the back it lists every theater it's going to play in. So it's like four thousand different theaters. <laughs> it's in uh, it's in size one font. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'll talk a Joker next week. Uh, that should be a fun show. I already got some plans in mind for uh, who's going to be on that one, so that should be good. And uh, let's the last thing we do here. What should people go and see now? And what do you plan to see next? David, what should people see in theaters right now? Um, Abominable. I, I, I hear great things about Judy, but not really. I, I hear mostly good things about the performance. So maybe I'll see that. Mm-hmm. What are you seeing next? Didn't I just answer that? No, what are you seeing next? Oh, yeah, I guess you did. Yeah, you might see it next. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> Abe, where are you at? Uh, I'd also recommend Abominable and um, killing it this week. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, and then if the small movies are still out, like um, uh, Monos, Monos, uh, and then also um, uh, the Farewell, you should go check that out too. Next week, definitely um, Joker. Yeah, I'm seeing Joker next. Um, yeah, Monos got an expansion this weekend, so yeah, if you can find Monos, go see that for sure because it's uh, very good to see on a big screen. And, uh, yeah, Ad Astra is very good as well. So see that on a big screen. It's very good. See it on a big screen. Deserves it. And uh, we don't get movies like this if you don't see them like this. Um, And The uh, the Day Shall Come, which I recommended. If that's uh, available by you, uh, go check Mm -hmm. that out. And, uh, yeah, with all that said, that's going to do it for this week's episode about Now, Theron, and Abe. You can find more of my work at my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. You can also find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? Follow me on Instagram, Abe.Mula, and Twitter.com slash WalrusMoose. Hashtag whoop! David, yeah, where can people find more of you? Uh, Endoreexpress.net for my Star Wars Galaxy's Edge kind of content. And on Instagram as well, Endoreexpress. You can find all the other episodes about Now Theron Abe on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. LOD, SoundCloud, or Podomatic. Uh, feel free to email us at unpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can write it on our Facebook wall, facebook.com slash unpodcast, or twitter.com slash underscore podcast. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Instagram.com slash outnow underscore podcast as well. Uh, David, thank you very much for joining us this week. Thank you, David. Thank you guys for having me. For sure. And yeah, until until J-Dub's week concludes next Sunday when we record the episode covering Joker. That's going to do it. So until then, so long. And goodbye. Bye. Bones sinking like stones, all that we fall for. Places we've grown, all of us are done for.
person they hired is really just normal. <laughs> you yeah. know, he has to be famous. I think I had like an an, an idea of who it was, and it totally wasn't that person. Like yeah, I can't it's... remember who it was. It was like either you guys must have judged the Timberlake or something like that, but can't remember who it was but it, it was like oh wow why would jeremy like that's not even is that jeremy renner for real you know so it's weird <laughs> you're, you're so underselling the, the jeremy because he's you should be asking why has he not done a voice until now and you're like thank you for doing this for us Rendon. you're probably right <laughs> i'm not gonna lie because you know he does his boston accent in the town <laughs> yeah see he's a, he's a man of all voices see we, he's we, a regular we frank like welker the... of the avengers what can i tell you the, well, the bonus features will be like the the filmmakers going, we really wanted to Jeremy Renner for this. We wrote this for him. <laughs> yeah. They'll be, he'll be in the booth, like knocking it out because that's what he does. He's Rendog. That's what he does. And they'll, and they'll be like, I hope we can get him to sing on the end of the soundtrack. And like, cause I'm pretty sure at the end the trailer, you hear him singing one it's of his It's going to be his rock band. Yeah. His band, which we all know the name of. We don't need to say it right now. Cause we all know it already. The uh, song you know. was, I'm a Fox, but I'm also capable of being a dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's in the very parentheses. On the nose. That's in the yeah. parentheses. I'm also capable of being a dog. It was very no, on the wet the nose. Play. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We have so much more to talk about with Arctic yeah. Dogs when we get there, which is probably going to be a good 30 minutes right there. <laughs> but, uh, I think I think our whole thing was done. We just finished it. We'll, yeah, re- think... we'll recap it because the, the people are going to want to hear it. <laughs> hey, Abe, I think Aaron blacked out through the whole podcast. <laughs> I think so. Aaron, it's already like 1, a- 1 p.m. <laughs> oh, okay. I got caught in a Ren Dog loop. <laughs> yeah, right. so we're trying to talk about abominable but you keep bringing on rem, bringing up rem dog <laughs> uh, ren dog sorry okay so yeah we're talking the knights of renner yeah <laughs> the knights of renner that's what I'm, I'm sure is it stx who's doing this movie entertainment studios they're like guys you guys at disney i know you have ren dog as we call him at our studio, um, you know, you know I, we know you have him as an Avenger, uh, but he hasn't done like he hasn't done the triple play as many have at Disney, where you star in a Marvel movie, a Star Wars movie, and a live action Disney remake. You need to get Renner on that train, get him into one of the Knights of Renner. We'll rename it; it'll work, and you'll thank me later. Okay, that's yeah. that's what they're saying. It's a good play to have, by the way. The Disney triple yeah. play, have a, yeah. all three of those. <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be cool if he was a Knight of Knight of Ren. He just popped it. Like, he doesn't say anything. He just, like, uh, he opens up his mask. He's like, hey, guys, it's me. And then he pops it back down again. <laughs> and the movie keeps going. <laughs> and, like, Adam Driver looks at the camera. He's like, I don't know what that was all about. And then the movie keeps going. <laughs> good, good plot uh, convenience there. Classic Very JJ. That's what I said. Terrible, terrible movie. Terrible movie. <laughs> But, but, but be honest with me, though. If J.J. Abrams had a scene where, like, the Knights of Red all assemble, one of them flips their mask up, and it's like, hey, guys, me, Jeremy Renner. And Adam Driver looks and like, oh, that was weird. And the movie keeps going. You'd be like, this movie is fucking insane, and I love it for that. I kind of would be, actually. I think it would be better. 